1: Gentlemen, welcome to MetaFarm Lab's fourth quarter 2020 Conference Call and Webcast. I would like to remind you that this call is being recorded on March 31st, 2021, at 8:30 a.m. Eastern Time. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star one on your telephone. If anyone has difficulties here in the conference, please press star, followed by zero for operator assistance at any time. I'd now like to turn the call over to Laura Lepore, Vice President, Investor Relations and Communications. Please go ahead.
0: Thank you, operator, and good morning, everyone. With me on the call today are Keith Strong, President and Interim Chief Executive Officer, and Greg Hunter, Chief Financial Officer. Now, before we begin, please note the following caution regarding forward-looking statements, which is made on behalf of Medifarm Labs and all of its representatives on this call. The statements made on this call will contain forward-looking information that involves risks, uncertainties, including those introduced by the COVID-19 pandemic. Actual results could differ materially from a conclusion, forecast, or projection in the forward-looking information. Certain material factors or assumptions were applied in drawing a conclusion or making a forecast or projection as reflected in the forward looking information. Additional information about the material factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from the conclusion, forecast, or projection in the forward looking information and the material factors or assumptions that were applied in drawing a conclusion or making a forecast or projection as reflected in the forward looking information are contained in Medifarms Labs filings with the Canadian Provincial Securities Regulator, which are available on CDAR at CDAR.com. Now with that, it is my pleasure to turn the call over to Keith Strong.
2: Thanks, Laura, and good morning, everyone. I'll begin the call with our outlook and then Greg will discuss Q4 results and our recently strengthened balance sheet. Then I will close with some additional thoughts. We are turning the page on a challenging year that created uncertainty for people, organizations, and regulators globally of 2020 presented certain difficulties across the cannabis industry in Canada and abroad, Medifarm also demonstrated resiliency as we remain focused on our vision to become a leading global provider of pharmaceutical API and finished dose medical and wellness products. We are confident that 2021 will be a stronger year for Medifarm for four reasons. First, expected ramp of our key customer sales agreements secured throughout 2020. Second, the recent expansion of our own labs-branded product line and distribution channels in Canada. Third, the company-wide organizational changes made in Q4 that will allow for more efficient, effective operations as we focus on returning to profitability. And fourth, the global momentum being gained in the pharmaceutical sector's entry into cannabis, including the U.S. This is our biggest opportunity. MediFarm is well-positioned with highly specialized manufacturing capabilities, GMP supply chain, and expanded drug licensing to win new pharmaceutical supply contracts. Looking at our near-term growth opportunities in more detail, MediFarm Labs now has over 30 customer agreements in eight different countries, all in keeping with our focus on domestic wellness and international pharmaceutical markets. Headlining these agreements is our exclusive partnership announced in early Q4 with STATA, the European Consumer Healthcare and Generics Company. I'm very proud of our team to say we have recently started shipments to STATA under this agreement. This is the very beginning of a meaningful, long-term partnership, and it will be a contributor to revenue this year and into the future. To us, STATA is the right partner, Germany is the right market, and this agreement comes at the right time. Germany is leading the market globally for medical cannabis, With more than 320,000 cannabis prescriptions approved in Germany in 2020, the German market is said to be growing at around 30% annually. In about two thirds of medical cases, healthcare insurance reimburses German patients using cannabis. This is a more advanced than any other medical market. As a reminder, One of our roles is to provide a wide range portfolio of products and services as full turnkey, finished dose supplier of all formats and delivery methods. To fulfill this role, we created a reliable supply chain to source, qualify, manufacture, label, and deliver the very best medical cannabis to Stata. Manufacturing of extract products is taking place at the Medifarm Labs GMP certified production facility in Australia. When our products arrive in Germany, Farm Labs ensures complete German lab testing, labeling, and final distribution. STATA leads the way in medical education, marketing, and sales using its extensive field force. To that end, it's already trained 28 representatives to assist doctors in making informed decisions about prescribing cannabis for chronic pain, neurology, and oncology. STATA has launched its initial offerings of GMP flower products, And extract formulations with different THC and CBD concentrations will be available in the coming weeks. Medifarm Labs will supply all of these products. With the commitment and power of Stata behind this offering, we are confident that this is going to be a great success. As we said when we initially announced the deal, both Stata and Medifarm intend on expanding sales beyond Germany to additional European countries over time. As I noted, this is one of 30 customer agreements in place around the world, now including new business in South America with CanFarm Peru and Accelerate Brazil. Demand signals in these markets are positive, which is obviously important to the realization of growing volumes as the year progresses. We also continue to convert opportunities into definitive deals that fit with our long-term strategy. As one example, at the beginning of this month, we were chosen by Canum Australia provide both white-label supply and contract manufacturing. In Australia, we have commenced registrations to launch over-the-counter CBD products. Over-the-counter legislation just passed in February, and we believe represents a high-growth opportunity for us, especially since manufacturers and suppliers of these CBD products must be GMP-certified. Growth in Asia-Pacific markets will complement our global potential and make for further use of our production capacity in Australia. In the Canadian market, our outlook has improved as we have diversified sales and are seeing increased revenue from finished, formulated products. This is a result of strong progress made on building our presence in core wellness and pharmaceutical markets. Q4 provided objective evidence that this shift in focus is working. Compared to Q3, total revenues increased 22% on the strength of growth in finished formulated products, which grew 64% from the prior quarter. Our business model and capabilities were always designed to serve global medical and wellness markets. As part of our long-term strategy, we're working to increase the breadth and depth of finished formulated products, both our own and those produced under white label agreements. We are excited to make our first shipment of labs cannabis pure CBD isolate for retailers in six provinces in Q4 2020 this is only the beginning 2021 will see us actively expand our Canadian B2C business through the launch of additional labs branded products while also benefiting from expected growth in consumer volumes for products we produce under white label agreements this spring we have launched three new oils CBD 100 Ultra Formula, THC30 Plus Formula, and the most exciting, our first, third generation product, CBN Nighttime Formula. For those that may not be aware, CBN is a rare minor cannabinoid. Medifarm is now just the second company in Canada currently offering a CBN product to consumers looking for its unique benefits. It's no secret that Canada's retail channel has struggled over the past year for a variety of reasons, including the pandemic rollout of storefronts were slower than originally predicted. There are now approximately 1,400 brick-and-mortar cannabis stores open across Canada, double the number from just over a year ago. This provides the foundation we need to realize the benefits of having a both diverse product offering and broad distribution. On the distribution front, we were very pleased to announce a supply agreement in early March 2021 the province of Quebec, under which we will supply Quebec's growing medical and wellness market this year. Quebec is the seventh province to have qualified Medifarm Labs products for medical and wellness consumers. We're also able to better unlock the value of our GMP platform and expertise as a result of receiving our cannabis drug license in February. This cannabis drug license from Health Canada allows us to manufacture and supply pharmaceutical prescription drugs that have been classified with a DIN, drug identification number. This opens the door for us to supply cannabis-based pharmaceutical drugs and APIs for clinical research trials aimed at abbreviated drug applications and novel drug discovery. The cannabis drug license is one of the key steps required to commercialize DIN products for companies in the traditional pharmaceutical distribution channels. As a regulated business, licenses like this, as well as the license we received in December, authorizing us to manufacture, package, and label natural health products in Canada serve as part of our structural competitive advantage and is our moat. Specialized licenses also demonstrate to physicians, patients, and consumers that Medifarm Labs is a trustworthy source for medical and wellness products in our markets. Taken together, these developments support a more positive outlook for 2021. Since Q1 and Q2 of last year included relatively healthy contributions from the spot bulk business that will not reoccur, we will continue to look for progress on a quarter to quarter basis. We are confident that we will see a stronger back of 2021 as customer supply agreements and consumer sales of labs formulations begin to ramp. As you know, we are striving to build a great business for the very long term and the strategic headway made over the past year sets us on the right course for the future. We're also concentrating on more than just revenue growth. Sustainability comes from profitability. On that note, in Q4, we made some company-wide adjustments to our operations that will allow us to operate more efficiently and effectively in 2021. I will now turn the call over to Greg. This is Greg's first earnings call, having joined as Chief Financial Officer in February. Greg brings to Medifarm over 20 years in healthcare and pharmaceutical experience with expertise in senior finance, operations, and leadership. Having worked with Greg over the past two months, I can say with confidence that his disciplined approach will allow us to
3: execute on our plan and deliver profitable growth in the future. Over to you, Greg. Thanks, Keith, and good morning, everyone. I'm excited to be part of the Farm story and look forward to working with the management team to build a great company focused on profitable growth in the global pharmaceutical, medical and wellness markets. 2020 was a uniquely challenging year to be in the cannabis marketplace, and Medifarm was no exception. Oversupply in the bulk concentrate and distillate market in 2020 resulted in sales volume reductions and pricing corrections, leading to a decline in both revenues and profitability. In the back half of 2020, Medifarm made a number of changes to respond to the corrections in the bulk supply market. We shifted our focus to the production of formulated finished products for the medical and wellness markets and adjusted our cost structure to be more in line with the new landscape. In Q4, we reduced headcount in our Canadian operations by a further 16% to deliver annual savings of approximately $3.6 million. In addition to headcount reductions, we made other operational changes to reduce costs, including renegotiation of certain contracts and elimination of non-essential services. We are leaving no stone unturned. As a management team, we are committed to growing our top line and adjusting our cost structure to return Medifarm to profitability. Turning to the P&L performance for the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter revenues grew 22% sequentially from 4.9 million in Q3 to 6.1 million in Q4. This was driven by a 64% sequential growth in our finished, formulated products portfolio and was partially offset by a 36% sequential decline in our bulk supply business. Gross profit for the quarter was impacted by a number of non-recurring items for a total of approximately $18 million. As a result, gross profit was negative $24.7 million. The non-recurring items included a ten point seven million inventory write down, five point nine million accelerated depreciation on equipment no longer in use, and a one point seven million write down of deposits on capital equipment no longer required. Adjusted for these non-recurring items, gross profit was negative six point eight million. The negative six point eight million gross profit was a result of lower sales volumes, reduced selling prices and higher input costs as a result of some older inventory on hand. General and administrative expenses in the quarter increased from $4.4 million in Q3 to $5.2 million, largely driven by restructuring costs and accelerated depreciation for assets no longer in use. Excluding non-recurring restructuring charges and accelerated depreciation, general and administrative expense declined 8% sequentially to approximately 4 million. R&D expenses increased to 0.6 million, largely driven by accelerated depreciation and restructuring as mentioned earlier. Other operating income included $1.8 million of income from the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy, which was offset by a $2 million fixed asset impairment charge. Adjusted EBITDA for the fourth quarter was $8.8 driven by our negative gross margins, as I mentioned earlier. While we have made strong progress to date on the top line and operationally, as a management team, we are not satisfied with these results as Keith discussed earlier we are enhancing revenues with a growing and diversified pharmaceutical medical and wellness portfolio of customers and expanding distribution and international reach in addition we're focused on adjusting our cost structure as required to deliver profitability moving to a few notable items on the balance sheet inventory declined to 22.1 million which reflects the 10.7 million write down i discussed earlier trade and other receivables remain consistent at 29.6 million largely driven by two customers totaling just over 19 million as disclosed in our financials we are confident in recovering approximately 8.5 million from our previously disclosed legal proceedings and plan to collect the remainder from the other customer adjusting for these two customers trade and other receivables is 8.6 million which is more in line with our revenue performance Finally, our cash balance at year end was 19.9 million and was further enhanced by our Q1 2021 bought deal that I will discuss shortly. Our cash balance at the end of the fourth quarter reflects the repayment of a revolving loan of 5.3 million and a 3.3 million payment of our convertible debenture. The balance of the convertible debenture stood at approximately 3.9 million at the end of March. As previously disclosed, in March of this year, we completed a BOT deal financing which raised $33.4 million in gross proceeds from the sale of 57.5 million units at a price of $0.58 cents per share. This included 7.5 million units from the exercise of the underwriters over allotment option. Each unit consists of one common share and one share purchase warrant. Each warrant is exercisable to acquire one common share at an exercise price of $0.70 cents per share for a period of 24 months. The bot deal strengthened our balance sheet so we can continue to execute our strategy to be a global leader in pharmaceutical, medical, and wellness markets. With that, I'll turn it back to Keith. Thanks, Greg.
2: Attracting a senior finance leader with Greg's hands-on experience is a key part of building a great company. So, too, is having an invested and effective board of directors. On the governance file, our board made one very welcome addition in January with the appointment of Warren Everett, the founding CEO of Asia Pacific Operations. There are very few industry executives who have as much direct knowledge of the international cannabis market as Warren, and we are very pleased that he is now contributing to corporate governance. With Warren's appointment, our board consists of eight members of whom five are independent. One of the current key tasks for our board is the appointment of a permanent chief executive officer. We have initiated a broad international search for the perfect candidate. As we select the right person, the board and I have the utmost confidence the senior management team will keep our company moving forward to achieve our goals. In closing, we entered 2021 with excellent momentum as we execute on our vision to be a global pharmaceutical producer, serving multiple customers across multiple jurisdictions with innovative products. We delivered positive developments that will drive short and long-term growth potential, including ramping up on new customer contracts, expanding our product offering globally, our expanded distribution network in Canada, and the commercialization of our Australian facility. Most importantly, we are perfectly positioned with specialized licenses and pharmaceutical quality manufacturing capabilities to seize on the significant opportunities in front of us with large pharmaceutical companies now moving to take their position in the cannabis market. I'd like to thank the Medifarm Labs team for putting in the hard work necessary to get us to this stage and all the long-term shareholders for your ongoing support. Thanks also to all of you for listening today. Now, operator, could you please open the lines for questions from our callers?
1: Great, thank you. As a reminder, if you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star followed by the number one on your touchstone phone. To withdraw your question, press the pound or hash sign. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. And your first question here comes from the line of scott fortune from ross capital please go ahead your line is now open
3: hey good morning this is nick stepping in for scott uh, just a couple questions here uh you mentioned you completed your first shipments to stata post q4 could you kind of quantify that shipment or provide any color kind of on the near term expected cadence of additional shipments
2: there hey nick good morning thanks for uh joining this is uh this is Keith. yeah we're really uh, excited that we did get, you know, product into Germany in, uh, in this quarter and, and the program has launched. Uh, we're not going to give quantities at this time, just as the program is still under development and we're still, you know, reaching patients. Um, there will be a regular cadence of delivery. We, we want to obviously provide them with, you know, the best product on an ongoing basis, so we, we expect that cadence to keep going. Uh, but it, again, it is a little bit uh, early within within the launch, so we're really looking forward to, to getting through you know these first couple weeks, and then we'll be able to um, and then we'll be able to talk a lot more about the eight SKUs that we've launched into Germany and, uh, and the cadence and, and some of the volumes and uh, some of that will also show up in our in our Q1 kind of disclosure. So uh, more to come there, but really exciting just to open the regulatory pathway, which is you know sometimes the most difficult piece of it.
3: Got it. And then if I could just touch on the cash position real quick. Uh, you guys mentioned that you had about $20 million on the quarter end, and then you raised another $33.4 million. Uh, could you touch on how you guys are looking at future capital allocation and the potential M&A environment here kind of moving forward?
2: Yeah, for sure. Appreciate, uh, appreciate the question on that. I'm going to pass it over to, uh, to Greg uh, just to touch on kind of our, our current uh, cash balance and our uh, cash balance at the end of the quarter.
3: Yeah. Hi. Good morning, and uh, thanks for the question. So, so yeah, as you said, we're roughly 20 million at the end of the quarter, and then uh, with the bot deal, raised uh, just over 33 million on on a gross uh, gross basis. You know, I can share with you as of uh, you know yesterday's cash balance in in the bank. We're in excess of 40 million dollars of, of cash on hand at this point. You know, obviously we're, we're comfortable with our liquidity position at this point and, and we'll continue to monitor and manage accordingly. Um, you know, as we've said before and I said today, you know, we have put in some cost constraints across the entire organization for, um, you know, CapEx, Headcount, and, and OpEx to ensure we continue to preserve cash so that we can execute on our on our strategy to expand internationally into pharmaceutical, medical, uh, and, and wellness markets. So again, we're, we're comfortable with where we are, and I'll, I'll hand it back to Keith to mention on the M&A question that you had.
2: Yeah, that's great. Kind of, um, you know, in the, as Greg mentioned, no no major capex on the horizon for us, uh, as far as we've we've got a fully built out platform both in Canada and Australia that are are revved up and ready to go as we expand. So um, no major capex there, and we did in the supplementary perspective did, you know, talk about some of the great projects that we are going to be spending this capital on. A lot of it's around further registration and licensing of, uh, of pharmaceutical products. On the on the a front, um, you know, it's, as I said, we do have some great platforms in Canada and Australia that we feel can serve the world at this point for both, you know, international medical and future pharmaceutical contracts. I think if we, as we turn our eye, like, um you know we're always open as a business to look at different opportunities i think it would be more in the category of something that'd be asset that light around our product license and new jurisdictions that would help with you know the logistics and flow of goods uh, in those jurisdictions
3: got it appreciate the
2: color guys
1: your next question comes from the line of aaron gray from agp alliance global partners please go ahead your line is now open
3: Good morning. This is Andrew Bond on the line for Aaron Gray. Thank you for taking our questions.
2: Maybe just digging a little deeper into Nick's first question, could you provide us some more detail on some of the specific step, steps, status taking to prepare for sales
4: in Germany, and maybe some color on how quickly you believe sales could ramp there? Thanks. Yeah, for
2: sure. Lord and Andrew, thanks for excellent the question. Yeah, as I mentioned, um, you know, that is is well, um, well off the races on this launch. <clears throat> There's <clears throat> sorry, already 28 people working in the field, so STATA representatives that working in the field. Um, you know, if you look at some of the other field forces of, of their competition, I think that this would be pre- probably uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest. And then, you know, this is Sata, so they already enjoy quite a great uh, market share in some of their other products. So their relationships with physicians and pharmacists, are something that you know they're already familiar with and uh, ready to do. So some of the kind of final <clears throat> final mile around sales and distribution is something that they're already experts at. <clears throat> Sorry. Great, that's that's great, color, Thank you. And then maybe
3: just switching gears to gross margins. Could you help uh, provide some detail on how to think about the evolution of gross margins over the next couple of quarters? And do you feel comfortable with your
2: current inventory position today? Could you provide some color on how you expect status sales in germany to have an impact around those thanks yeah for sure we, we're really comfortable with where we're at obviously with inventory and our ability uh to move the inventory that we have um i think you know the margins as we see today are not reflective of the margins of the business going forward as we kind of you know take care of some of um you know that higher expensive inventory and and uh, some of the other activities that where we've shifted focus, but I'm going to hand it over to Greg to provide a little bit more detailed colour on that.
3: Yeah, th- thanks, Keith. So, yeah, as you said, you know, adjusted gross margin for those discrete items in the quarter, uh, still true. negative 6.8 million for the reasons I discussed, but, you know, a- as we go forward, we do see a path back to profitability, both on a gross margin perspective and overall EBITDA profitability. You know, and a couple couple areas where that profitability will come back from is one with some improved automation and and process efficiencies as we implement within our our manufacturing environment. Uh, Two, as as Keith touched on there, obviously, you know, what's still in our gross margin is some of the higher input costs with with uh, biomass that we had acquired uh, previously. So, you know, we expect that to improve as, as we go forward. And and, and then uh, with international sales expansion and, and pharmaceutical expansion, um, you know, we expect to get higher up the value chain on, on margins there. So um, we see a path back to profitability um, from, from those key areas. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Yeah, just, you know, finally on um, <clears throat> data,
2: The margin there would be reflective of the rest of the pharmaceutical and uh, international business that that Graham mentioned. So we work with uh, that on a a daily basis. Um, And, you know, we are really their experts in the field as far as cannabis goes. So we provide them with a a turnkey solution. So, you know, we expect to see um, a great partnership there both in what we provide them and the economics that we get out of that partnership. Great. That's great color. Thank
3: you, guys. I'll pass it along.
1: Your next question comes from the line of Adam Buckham from Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Good
4: morning. Thanks for taking my questions. Um, so my first one is for Keith. And, you know, I appreciate the update on Stata. And I know you can't give a lot of color there. But, you know, you talked about commercializing products in the next couple weeks here. You know, from, from the info you've gotten from the sales team the 28 guys are in the field right now um how's the reception of these products been versus competitors in the market and has there been any early indication of demand for those products
2: yeah thanks Adam. good morning it's it, it's a great great feedback so you know we we sent off our first uh deliveries on some of the like um two of the, uh, the eight SKUs in February. We're already replenishing those to kind of give you an idea of, of how quickly that they're selling through. I think that, you know, in a couple different areas based on our market analysis and working with data, there was some gaps in the German market. Um, you know, if you look at some of the data that comes out from the patient reimbursement, you can see kind of like high THC and balanced oils are, uh, you know, some gaps. And, and we've, you know, done a great job of filling those gaps. As a partnership, so early reception is really good. Already working on, you know, replenishing those, and I think that that will keep going. The, the great thing about Germany is because of, you know, the majority of patients do have coverage. We do get some more in-depth reporting. So I know, like for example, Canadian domestic sales reporting is a bit tough because you don't see the full through right to the customer on some of the VDS analytics or the IPYR analytics. But the great thing about, you know, working in the pharmaceutical world is really well developed on, on uh, insights on, on what patients are, uh, are choosing for their medical choice. So we'll continue to monitor that, you know, in the coming months as we see some of the months data released and happy to kind of share that with, uh, with everyone as we, as we find out more information.
4: Okay, great. Um, So maybe just a secondary question on the pharma space on the back of that. So there's been a few interesting developments, um, you know, within cannabinoid-based pharma uh, over the past couple of months. Are you able to give some high-level comments on what you're seeing in terms of contract negotiations in the market right now and whether you've seen an uptick in demand for sort of your more medical-focused products?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I I think it's, it's you know, no secret to anyone that the pharmaceutical market is taking their position in, in cannabis. Uh, and, you know, I think MediFarm is one of the go-to partners uh, for pharmaceutical companies just based on, you know, the partners that we already have as far as commercial supply with data and some of the licensing that, we've, that, we've, uh, that we have now. Like, uh, you know, we spoke about not only being GMP certified, but we have a GMP National Health product License from Health Canada now. Uh, as we disclosed in our in our supplementary disclosure, after our bought deal, we are um, investing significantly in expanding some of that licensing that allows us to enter that traditional pharmaceutical market. So there are, there are a lot of people that are looking at it. I think you know, a quick a quick scan, you can kind of see some of the major pharmaceutical companies that are either um, having different formulations or have ongoing trials and they'll be looking for supply of API, and I think Medifarm will be, you know, one of the uh, few handful of companies that could provide them that full pharmaceutical solution.
4: Okay, uh, great. So just one last question. Uh, You touched on Australia there. Um, You know, if we think about your current contract base, and I understand you can't give guidance, but if we think about the ramp in those contracts, is it going to be sometime in early 2021, or can you give us an idea of when you expect to see more meaningful revenue contribution from the Australian business?
2: Yeah, I think Australia is a great facility because the Australian program is, is made within their kind of pharmaceutical regime. It gives us a lot of flexibility uh, for international projects. So, for example, the, the oil that Stata is selling now is uh, produced, formulated, and filled uh, in our Australian facility. So I think, kind of as I mentioned um, in the first question, um, was that the hardest part's opening up that regulatory pathway. So now that we've delivered from you know Australia into other countries, it really allows us to continue to do that, and we'll see that ramp up. I mean. It, it, we still are at the mercy of uh, regulated, uh, the regulatory bodies around import and export, so it's hard to say definitively, you know, when uh, we'll see the tap fully turned on. But uh, I think we're, we're expecting gradual uh, growth, and, you know, a lot of that kind of in the back half of 2021 as we line up kind of our next set of permits and next set of, uh, of big shipments. Okay, great.
5: Thanks.
1: Once again, if there are any further questions, please press star followed by the number one on your touchdown phone. Your next question here comes from the line of David Kadeko from ATV Capital Markets. Please go ahead, your line is now open.
5: Hi guys, good morning. This is actually uh, Federico, uh, chiming in for Dave. Um, so obviously, you know, a big part of your strategy is focused on international markets. Uh, I was just wondering if you could provide any color on your view of the U.S. market right now and any, you know, specific opportunities you're looking into that market?
2: Sorry, Frederico, I just lost you at the last bit of that question. Can
5: you just ask it again? Yeah, any any specific opportunities you're looking into the U.S. maybe?
2: Oh, yes. No, great, and that's a great question. We are looking at it very closely. I think we've seen, you know, some political headway there even as recent as last night with new legislation in the state of New York uh, around legalization. So we're really excited to, to look at that as, a, as an opportunity. I think you know, as we look at um, being a pharmaceutical company and a pharmaceutical supplier, we're entering traditional pharmaceutical channels. And a lot of those don't have many border restrictions that you would see in a recreational cannabis. So, you know, in recreational cannabis, even moving product from state to state is, you know, illegal in a lot of cases. Uh, As you register a pharma product or a pharma active ingredient, you really can have free movement. Uh, You know, for example, if you look at um, uh, Canadian pharmaceutical manufacturing, you know, 50% of the exports uh, from that sector in Canada actually make their way to the U.S. So as we're able to, you know, get into that manufacturing um, uh, community of the pharmaceuticals, really there is endless opportunity for us to take advantage of U.S. patients that are looking to cannabis as a choice for a therapeutic
3: option.
5: Hey, thanks. That, that's helpful. And then just shifting gears a little bit. Um, about you know you have a strong presence in oils and vapes here in Canada, but do you have any plans to enter new segments like uh, you know edibles, chocolates, gummies, even beverages? Uh, is that something that you're looking into the, the uh, short to mid term? You no,
2: know, we, we we keep an eye obviously on the on the adult use market here in Canada. Our our line of products are you know primarily related to the wellness sector. So a lot of what we're selling to adult use um, consumers. In Canada, as a wellness product, is the same thing that we'd be selling internationally as a medical product, where there's only medical things. Um, uh, so, you know, where a consumer decides to um, get the therapeutic benefit by going to their out-of-use store rather than going to a physician, we're able to fulfill that need. Um, we're really encouraged by the ramp up of some of the CPG uh, products, such as drinks and edibles. Our our role there is really providing uh, active ingredient on the bulk market. So some of our long term customers, um, you know, are, are very active in those and they and they enjoy great shelf space and great pull through. So what we do to support there is to provide them with active ingredient. But as far as you know, having an edible line or a drink line in our GMP facilities, it's not something that we're looking at. Thanks. That's helpful. Uh, I'll
5: hop back into you. Thanks.
1: And Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if there are any final questions, please press star followed by the number one on your touch-shown phone. And I'm not showing any further questions that are populating at this time, so I'll turn the call back over to Keith Strong for any closing comments.
2: Awesome, thank you. As there are no further questions, I'll close by saying we look forward to hosting our first quarter conference call and keeping you abreast of all the progress in between. Thanks for listening everyone
1: and have a great day. And ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.
2: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein,